0: Today we are, as we are aware, we are are starting um, what is most likely going to be a two-part series. Um, And that is Jesus' prophecy personified. Prophecy personified. And I guess we all have the outline. Jesus' prophecy personified. And um, uh, the Lordship of Jesus, fact or fiction. You know, is Jesus just... An imaginary friend. Or is he as real as he has been proclaimed to be? Is Jesus just a figment of our imagination? Is he just a plot of disillusioned disciples that just wanted to carry on with a message? Or is he real? Is he Alive? Is he all he says he is? Is he God? As we open the scriptures today and look into the word, I pray that God will give us light and understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. Some Bible scholars suggest that there are over. 300 specific prophecies about Jesus that came to life when he was was alive. Nobody that is spiritual or secular, Christian or atheist, or from any background will argue that the existence of Yeshua, Jesus, is an historical fact. So if you are writing that, there should be facts in your outline. The existence of Yeshua, the existence of Jesus, is an historic, it's a historical fact. So people that are just pure historians will tell you that there was someone named Jesus of Nazareth that existed at this time to this time. So, there was a man named Jesus that lived on earth. That is not debatable. And it's not very hard to prove. (laughs) So, there's no doubt that Jesus existed. Also, There's no doubt in the mind of the average Jew that a Messiah was coming. There's no doubt in the mind of the average Jew that a Messiah was coming. A Messiah will come. So, the fact that Jesus existed, no doubt. The fact that a Messiah will come, no doubt. The question is, is Jesus the Messiah? Is Jesus the Messiah? That's the question. You see, if you, if you go to Israel today, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, they are still expecting the first coming of the Messiah. Because they, they know the Messiah is coming. But they missed the Messiah that came, <laughs> some of them, some of them believe actually, but some of them missed the Messiah that came. So, f- f- and the Messiah's message is an average, you will tell you it's not just to the nation of Israel, it's to the whole world that the Messiah's mission is to the whole world. So, whether Jesus came, non disputable. Whether we are expecting a major, we are expecting a Messiah, non-disputable. The question is this: Is Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Is He the Messiah? He proclaimed Himself to be. His disciples made it clear that He was in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Acts 2:36. The word of God says that. This is Peter speaking after just after Pentecost. He says, "So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah." Messiah just means savior, deliverer. So, Peter was making a, a bold claim that People of Israel, let it be clear to you that God has made this Jesus whom you killed, who was resurrected, both Lord and Messiah. So today, we we are going to be looking at prophetic utterances that have been recorded for hundreds of years, some of them thousands of years, before Jesus was born. And they were all fulfilled by one man, Jesus. One of the most undisputable things about life is the accuracy of prophecy. The accuracy of prophecy. <laughs> you know, I've said before that, if Jesus says, if somebody says, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again on the third day, and he's able to do it, I should follow that kind of person. <laughs> if he says, I'm going to die, and I'm going to raise myself on the third day, and he did it, and, will, and that is proven, That is not the thrust of this um, teaching. It's 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 not the fact of the resurrection, but the proof that the fulfilled prophecies affords us that Jesus is actually Lord and he is the Messiah. And many times when we do life, we have situations where people... Um, challenge our faith. And sometimes, we, we can't defend our faith sometimes. Sometimes, we doubt ourselves. I've had seasons where I doubted my faith. I've, I've explained to you before, and what it did to me, it sent me on a journey to discover for myself, this Jesus, is it true, or is it just fabu? And I shared by the discoveries of the resurrection of Jesus. And sometimes, we are just dumbfounded. We don't know what to say. But by the time this season is over, your faith will be founded upon the rock that is unshakable in Jesus' name. So, So can anyone think of a time you doubt... You doubted Jesus. Now let's... Don't pretend as if you never doubted Jesus. <laughs> I've told you that I have. Can you think of a time... You, you, um, you had doubts about Jesus. Or a time... You were challenged about your faith... And you couldn't quite defend it. Anybody who wants to go... I can tell you mine. I've shared mine several days, So I don't want to... Um, I want us to share. Anybody have you had time. Can you think of a time you had doubts about Jesus? No, you guys have never doubted. Maybe I should be the one sitting down. Because <laughs> you <guys should. laughs> your faith seems to be you guys have have been stronger your life. Okay, is there a hand there? Oh, the little boy. Um anybody, I'm gonna I'm gonna um don't there's something to be ashamed about. We even Peter doubted. Thomas doubted. Yes, there's a, there's a hand there.
1: Praise the Lord?
0: Hallelujah. Uh,
1: when I was in secondary school, okay, I wanted to write Yek. Okay. At the same time, I didn't have anything on me, and my my dad wasn't available for me. Right. was He was busy following women up and down. Oh, wow. And then the only uncle I got then, he was maltreating me, though. Wow. I had to do different kind of jobs just to raise the money for my wife. I did eventually. But in the meantime, my uncle still threw me out of his house. I had to sleep in the church. You know, everything was just difficult for me. I thought there was no God. So, I, I started insulting God, saying all sorts of things. Right. You know, but eventually, things became good for me. Right. And I discovered that there is God. It's just that we need to go through the test of time. Right. And then test our faith. Right. So, to the okay. glory of God, I, I thank God that I eventually came to my senses. Know, senses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, because the Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Regardless of our experiences, we cannot take away from God. God is God by himself. And what you said is very key. Sometimes when we are going through a difficult time, we kind of doubt God. As if God has said to us ever that you will never go through a difficult time. Is it in the Bible? There's nothing like that in the Bible. What it says is that you will be victorious. You, you cannot talk about victory without a battle. You can't. Okay, thanks for sharing that. So maybe we'll take one more. Anytime you've doubted God or you've been challenged, your faith has been challenged, and okay, there's a a hand there, and maybe we'll take that one also. Yeah.
2: Good evening, church. Good evening. Okay, recently I gave a parent a ride, a parent in my children's school, a ride, and I just, you know, it it was a lesson for me because you just assume when you see people that this person, you know, knows better. And we got talking and she started saying the strangest of things. And she said she used to be in the church and somehow she had a dream. I don't know. She she said a lot of strange things. Anyway, she's now a Muslim and she said she had a revelation and she said, um, how can there be any other God? How can a man come? You know, she was just saying a lot of strange things and I started to, you know, speak in tongues because I was like, I was supposed <laughs> <to go> shocked. <laughs> right. I was shocked because I was like, you know, this is someone I would greet and, you know, we would laugh. And I was like, wow, so there are people like this. And this is a parent in my, ch- you know, ch- children's school. So you can imagine the exposure. And, you know, I started to talk to her, you know, give her the devotional. Even I had to go beyond the expected uh, destination just to keep talking and trying to, you know, you know, try and say something that would go the mile in her. But she, you know, even though I could tell that I, I was sort of sowing a seed, <clears throat> but every now and then, she would come back with some argument. One, you know, some, you know, as um, the Bible says about an um, argument that wants to exalt itself against the Christ. knowledge of Christ, you know. And I realized that to her, it's like, um, like it's a battle of you know, to her, it's more like I want to prove a point. But to me, I'm trying to change her life because, <laughs> you know, I can see that she's lost.
0: So, You have, you yes. have two different missions. So did you doubt your faith at any time in that? No, process? in that, no, I was, okay. it wasn't,
2: I'm not, on. I, that was not, you know, an issue for me. It was more like,
0: wow. You mean woman, can people question you, their faith to yes, this extent? to the point that she was in church Absolutely. and then...
2: She's out of church and, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. You
0: know, which is why we need to do a lot of teachings like this. And the church kind of assumes sometimes that everybody's faith is rooted and grounded. So, at the end of the day, you have people becoming disillusioned, you know, and, and, and questioning God and, and embracing all sorts of strange things, you know. Okay. So, one of the, one of the keys that make the lordship of jesus christ infallible is that his life was prophesied in great details centuries before he was born that's great details one of the keys that makes the lordship of jesus infallible is that his life was prophesied in great detail centuries before he was born. And we're going to be looking at a few of those 300 plus prophecies. You know, if you want to look at them one by one, I'm sure that it's going to be a couple of years. But we will look at a few pivotal ones. And... We are going to take a prophecy. We are going to show where it's from in the Bible. Then we are going to show the fulfillment of that prophecy in Christ. Then we are going to share on the relevance of that prophecy to you and I. So that's, that's, that's the format. The first prophecy is that the Messiah... Will be born of a woman. The the Messiah will be born of a woman. That's big. And the prophecies in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when God said to the serpent, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring, he will smi- strike your head and you will strike his heel. Now, this was the first prophecy about Jesus, a Messiah coming, smashing the head of serpent of, of the enemy and, 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 and delivering God's people. The fulfillment in Matthew 1.20, Matthew 1.20, And Galatians 4.4, Matthew 1.20 says that as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take. Let's start again. Matthew one twenty. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary. (laughs) To be uh, to take Mary as your wife for the child with her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Galatians 4, 4. Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the right time came, God sent a son born of a woman subject to the Lord. So, so we see here the first prophecy was Jesus was going to be born, that the Savior, the Messiah, was going to be born of a woman. Now, and we saw the fulfillment in Matthew 1.20 and Galatians 4.4. So, what does that tell you and I? It tells us that the very first prophecy about the Messiah in the Bible was fulfilled in the person of Jesus. So what is the significance of that, to be born of a woman? What's the significance of that? The significance is this. God is saying, the Messiah is not going to come riding on a chariot from heaven. The Messiah is going to be born of a woman, be of the same seed that failed, through the same seed, will be deliverance. So the Messiah will come from a woman, meaning God was going to be man, and it is only man that can redeem. The situation. So God says, "It's only man that can redeem the situation. It's only the blood of man that can redeem the situation." So the redeemer is going to be born of a woman. It's It's not going to be an angel. God could have sent an angel and defeated Satan, but God chose that the redeemer is going to be born of a woman, and that happened. So, how? What is the relevance of that? to you and I. How do we apply that to our own life? So we see that prophecy, we see this fulfillment, we've explained what it means. How is that relevant to you and I? How is that relevant to you and I? I we explain that the relevance of the first two, then as we go on, hopefully you will um, contribute. The relevance of that to you and I is this. Many times when we have a challenge, we always look Outside for the problem, for the solution to the problem, rather. But God always provides the solution from within. If you have a problem, the problem of Africa is not going to be solved by the West. This problem of Africa is going to be solved by Africans. Praise the name of the Lord. The, the problem of Nigeria is not going to be solved by, by America. So we shouldn't really sweat much who is president or who is not over there. The, the problem of Nigeria will be solved from here. You see, the way God works is this. He doesn't mind starting small. That's another application. God does not God does not despise the days of little beginnings. God can start with a baby and raise a deliverer. But the challenge with us is that we always like to start big. You want to start a business, you want to start big. You want to uh, do a wedding, you want to do it big. You want to marry a wife, you want to marry extra size. We just want to do things big. you know. And, and God, many times, Will start, start with a seed. God always starts small with a seed. So that's the application. I see a whole lot of applications, but we're going to go on for time. So the first prophecy was the, is this the Messiah will be born of a woman. We saw where it was prophesied, and we saw how it was fulfilled in Christ. The second prophecy we're going to consider is the Messiah will be the descendant of Abraham. And through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Genesis 12, 3. Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those that bless you and cause those that treat you with contempt." All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. God, that was a messianic prophecy. There was no way. Abraham by himself could fulfill that. But through him, the seed will come through him that will fulfill that. And we see the fulfillment in Matthew 1 1. Matthew 1 1 and Acts 3, 24 to 26. Matthew 1 1 says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus. The Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. So, when you trace Jesus' family tree, you are going to hit David. You are going to eventually hit Abraham. Acts 3, 24 to 26. It is important that we understand this because it is on this revelation that our faith is founded. Starting with Samuel. Every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets. And you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham. Through your descendants. All the families of the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus. He sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each one of you back from your sinful ways. So Jesus is that seed, that promise. And isn't he blessing the whole world today? (laughs) He is. Praise the name of the Lord. So what is the relevance of that to you and I? What's the relevance of that? Again, multifaceted. Multifaceted. Who wants to go? What's the relevance of that to you and I? Okay, I said I would do the first, first two or first three. First three. Okay, the relevance of that is this. God will always walk through a man. God will always walk through a man. Many times we want God to solve a problem but it's, it's a human being that God will use and that human being can be you. We want God to solve the problem of this nation. God has delivered us in this place in Jesus' name and God will use you. That's, that's one. Secondly, is that every promise God makes to you concerning your children will come to pass. Amen. Every promise God makes to you concerning your descendants will happen. And that can go and can go on and on But for time. Number three, the third prophecy concerning Jesus is this. That the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem and the prophecy is in Micah 5 2. Imagine how precise. Micah was at least 750 years before Jesus. Imagine the accuracy. He says, But you, O Bethlehem, a frater, are, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. He says, Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. A ruler will come. Whose origin is from where? Will come. And we see the fulfillment in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew 2, 1, Luke 2, 46. Matthew 2, 1 says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. This but that time some wise men from the east eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking where is he that is born king of the jews and you know the story as soon as they asked the religious leaders they gave them the answer he's going to be born in bethlehem of judea and that was it in luke 2:46 it says 3 days later they finally discovered him in the temple Sitting among religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions of them, what was I thinking? Had that scripture i don 't know, but the first one obviously um, explained it so so Jesus the Messiah will, will be born in Bethlehem, and we saw that it was Fulfilled, exactly. Imagine the number of villages in the world. And God said, Bethlehem. Imagine the number of villages in Israel. And over 700 years before then, God said, He's going to come from Bethlehem. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It's huge. So, and again, the relevance is blank. You are supposed to write down your thoughts and what you get from the relevance, you know, yourself. It's a whole, long, blank space. So what's the, what's the relevance of this? You know, you know, how does that apply to me? The truth is this. God knows exactly where you were born before you were born. You were not born by accident, Many of us think we are Nigerians by accident. God knows you're going to be from Abakaliki and from um, Newman. He knows you're going to be from Adamawa State. He knows you're going to be from Malaysia. He he knows exact location was predetermined by God. You are not an accident. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is big and that is comforting. You know, because if you know that you're not an accident, if you check everyone in scriptures, God always linked them to their to their roots. Jesus of Nazareth, Saul of Tarsus. Give me another one. Pardon? Elijah the Tishbite. You know, and, and on and on and on. Are you giving me one, Joseph of Arimathea? Thank you. You know, and so, so God, it is location is big with God. Location is big. And ah, uh, okay. Something I want to say, but I'm looking at the time. But let me just please and you know, Jesus of Nazareth. It's it's huge because Nazareth was the baddest place. He had the baddest reputation. Honestly, it's like Nigeria. Nigeria has a very bad reputation outside of Nigeria. Do you know that? In the world, we have a very bad reputation. But God has chosen you to come from Nigeria. The same way he chose Jesus to come from Nazareth. Praise the name of (laughs) God. You know, I think we should be excited about that. You know? Now, you remember when Jesus called um, Andrew? And he says, and when they said to him, now Come and see, he says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, Nazareth was so badly imaged. Everyone that is saying, Can anything good come out of Nigeria? Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they will be dumbfounded. The same way Jesus dumbfounded the world, they will be dumbfounded. Prophecy number four is this The Messiah will not only be born of a woman, the Messiah will be born of a virgin. Speak. Is big. Isaiah 7 14. Isaiah 7 14. He says, All right then. The Lord Himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. It's big. It's huge. The application in Matthew 2, sorry, yeah, Matthew 1, 22 to 23, Matthew 1, 22 to it says, all of this occurred to fulfill what, to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah that we just read. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She, so you see Jesus is an, an embodiment of prophecy. In him were those fulfillment realized. She will give birth to a son and you will call him what? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Luke 1 26. Read that at home. Um, Luke 1 26. So the so the question is this What's the relevance to you and I? Quickly, who wants to tell us? Yes, there's a hand there. I need your ushers to please be on your feet at this time. What's the relevance? Yes, sir.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening, sir. Um, the Good relevance evening. to me, as you're personalizing it, I personalize myself, that Emmanuel, God is always with me and in me. And that's totally amazing. Thank you.
0: Amen. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. God is with us. God is with me. Who else? What's the relevance? Yes, there's a hand there. Keep the hands up, please, until you get the mic.
2: For me, um, the relevance for number four is that God can make the impossible possible.
0: God can make the impossible Impossible. possible. The impossible possible. (laughs) You know, just like when Jesus, when the disciples were having a meal, God can enter a room whose door is closed. Okay, you get that tomorrow. <laughs> so God can make the impossible possible. Possible. Who else wants to go? What is the? What is the? Okay, there's a, And the choir. Yeah.
2: Praise God. And, yeah. Okay, the first one was what she was what she had said about the impossible situation. Right. But another thought that came to mind was from the first one, from the number three about Bethlehem being a bad having a bad reputation and a virgin coming out of a bad reputation.
1: Right.
0: A place that has
2: a bad reputation.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Then um okay. There's so much where we have to go on. So much in that one. I just I just um okay number five the the, the Messiah, prophecy number 5, the Messiah will be called Emmanuel. We see that in the same Isaiah 7.14 and we see that in Matthew 1.20. What's the relevance of that? Um, Pastor Richard mentioned Emmanuel, God with us. God is with me. God has a name for you. It's big. God has a name for you. Many of us are not bearing the names that God has for us. Until you bear the name that God has for you, you cannot do the things that God has created you to do. So, you notice that in some cases, God would say, I need to change this name. In some cases, some parents, after drinking burugutu, hearing that their wives have given birth, they just name the child anyhow. <laughs> sometimes a realignment of destiny is required. Not all the time, but sometimes. Okay, prophecy number six. Is this a massacre of children? A massacre of children. Four and five, was it filled for you already? Three, four and five. You know, I have to be gentle, Abi. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> Number what again? Number six. A massacre of children would happen at the birthplace of Jesus, of the Messiah. We see that prophecy in Jeremiah 31, 15. And we see the fulfillment in Matthew 2, 16 to 18. Now, okay, let's, let's read it. Jeremiah 31, 15. says, this is what the Lord says. A cry is heard in Ramah, deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for our children are, are gone. Fulfillment in Matthew 2, 16 to 18. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance, Herod's brutal action Fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah. Weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. So we see accurate fulfillment. Accurate fulfillment. It's too accurate for anybody to... So, what does this mean? So, what it means... Don't worry, i am just sometimes be going because, again, time. What it means is this. Whenever God... Whenever greatness is born, greatness is always attacked. Wherever greatness is birthed, greatness is always attacked. Some of us, we are experiencing attacks. The people around us are, are experiencing attacks and we are, we are confused, we are disillusioned. But you see, the truth is because greatness is born in you. That's, that's just the truth. So, you of need to be worried. God, again, God always makes a way of escape. So, we should look for and align with God's way of escape. Number seven. Prophecy number seven is this. The Messiah would spend a season in Egypt. The Messiah would spend a season in Egypt. That is prophesied by prophet Hosea in Hosea one eleven, And it says, eleven one. sorry. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And I called my son from Egypt. You know, if you know how prophets talk, prophets can be talking normally all of a sudden. <laughs> they are prophesying. You know? So you have to be careful. you know. Now, the fulfillment is in Matthew 2, 14-15. Matthew 2, 14-15 says, That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Aaron's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son. From where? From Egypt. What is the relevance to us? So we see accurate prophecies there. Accurate um, execution and and fulfillment, rather, of the prophecies. So how does this apply to you and I? Who wants to go? Just one person. Why does this apply to us? What is the relevance? Okay, there's the, there's the hand in the choir. You have to jog, you have to jog. Try and jog, try and jog. Are You know a woman of worship, they are doing fitness things. <laughs> go, go, yeah, thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, what I think is that even when
2: um, greatness is born in us, it could get to a time where God may want to hide us for a season before he brings us out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so, so important. And sometimes, you know, God can hide you in the midst of the enemies. You know, Egypt in Scripture is, is, is usually a type of the enemy of God. So God, God can hide you in, in, in the midst of the enemies and there's nothing they can do with you and you are there. But what Pasalena said there is so, so key. God usually will hide us until a time of showing. God usually will hide his people. If God has a greatness, great future for you, good destiny for you. God will hide until the time of showing. But you see, what I've discovered is this, as a pastor, and as, as, as someone that by God's grace have discipled people, a lot of people, you know what I've discovered is this, when God is hiding some people, they are struggling to come out of hiding. And God is saying, no, I'm hiding you. And they're like, no, I, I, I want to shine. And you don't understand. You are, it's like when you are, when you are uncooked, oh, this is It means it's not well done. They are still hiding it. (laughs) Many times we want to come out. If Jesus could be hidden. If they can carry Jesus and run. Jesus God himself. They were carrying and they were running. If God says run, run. Praise the Lord. (laughs) There's no shame in running. (laughs) Anyway. Ah, again. So we've seen that. Number eight. The Messiah will have a forerunner with a message. Prepare the way. The Messiah will have somebody that will go before him. We see that in Isaiah 43 to 5. Isaiah 43 to 5. It says, listen. It's the voice... Of someone shouting, "Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord! Make straight His pathway, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God!" And on and on and on and on. And we see the fulfillment of that in Luke three, three to five, three to six. Luke three, three to six says, "Then John went from the place, from place to place, on both sides of Jordan River, of the Jordan River, preaching." That people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way, you know, it's so accurate. Number nine, the Messiah would. okay, the relevance, okay, so what does that mean? Do that as the homework, homework number one. What's the relevance of that? Of course, it's all, it has some huge significance, but I just want us to finish because next week we have another set that we are going to consider. I don't want it to spill towards next week. Is that okay? Um, number what? Nine. The Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Prophecy is in Psalm 69 verse 8 and Isaiah 53 verse 3. Psalm 69 verse 8 says, Even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. They treat me like a stranger. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we considered it not. We did not care. Fulfilled in John 1 11 and John 7 5. John 1 11 says, he came to his own and his own did not receive him, and even they rejected him. (laughs) John 7 5, for even his brothers didn't believe him. Accurate prophecy, accurate fulfillment. Relevance is this. You may be going through a season where the people around you don't even believe in your vision. They don't believe in you. They don't, they mock you. If they mock Jesus, if his brothers didn't believe in him, You should accept that you are not greater than your master. People, sometimes we don't see what you can see. People even that see, sometimes will be antagonistic. Don't be discouraged. Draw strength from God. Why? Because rejection from men does not negate the approval of God. It doesn't. I know because you are writing, you can't clap well. That's a good place to clap. (laughs) I know, I'm not saying you should. You know, but that's the truth. Rejection from men does not negate the approval of God. Sometimes because we feel men reject us. Sometimes it's your mother. Sometimes it's your parents or dad. Sometimes it's people that you look to for affirmation and they won't give you. And we equate that to mean God has not approved us. That is wrong. That is wrong. Jesus still fulfilled his destiny in spite of the fact that even his brothers did not believe him. Prophecy number 10. The Messiah will be declared the son of God the Messiah will be declared the son of God. And the prophecy is in Psalm 2, verse 7. And it says, The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Father. Some people struggle with this, you know. Fulfillment in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. Luke I'm um, sorry, Matthew 3, 16 to 17. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great, great joy. Relevance of that is huge. We'll take that as an assignment also. Number 11. The Messiah will speak in parables. The Messiah will speak in parables. The Messiah will speak in parables. That we see in Psalm 78 verses 2 to 4 and Isaiah 6. Nine to ten, Psalm seventy eight, two to four. He says, For I will speak to you in parables, I will teach you hidden lessons from your past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors have handed down. <clears throat> and on and on and on. Um next, Isaiah six. It says, He said, Yes, go. And say to these people, listen. Remember, this was from scriptures from last week, Sunday. Who we shall go for us? Who shall we send? Verse 8 Here I am, send me. Do you remember? Okay, so this is verse 9. It says, Yes, go and say to these people, listen carefully, do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people, plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts. I pray you will see with your eyes. You will hear with your ears. You will understand with your heart. And you will turn and you will be healed. So we see the fulfillment in Matthew 3, Matthew 13, sorry, 10 to 15, and 34 to 35. It says, His disciples came and asked Him, why do you use parables When you talk to these people, he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others aren't. They are not. Those who listen, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those that are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use. These parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy Isaiah, that Isaiah says, when you hear what I say, you will understand. The prophecy we read earlier on in Isaiah 6, fulfilled. What is the implication of this? What does this mean? Homework. I'm going to check this on works next week. And I'm going to give prizes. Okay. Prophecy number 12. Prophecy number 12. The Messiah would be sent to heal the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives that captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. There will be freedom. He has sent me to tell those women that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it, the day of the Lord's anger against their enemies. Amen. Fulfillment, Luke 4, 18 to 19. Luke for 18 to 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time... Of the Lord's favor has come. Can you see that? And if you go on, the Bible says when he closed the book, he said what? Today, this prophecy is fulfilled in your ears. Praise the name of the Lord. Number 13. The Messiah... So, what was the implication of that? A whole lot. Homework. Number 13. The Messiah would be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. The Messiah would be a priest after the order of who? Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Psalm 110 verse 4 gives us this prophecy. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. It's fulfilled in Mark, sorry, in Hebrews 5, 5 and 6. Hebrews 5, 5 and 6. He says, this is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become a high priest. No, he was chosen by God. Who said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And in other passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, that was the prophecy. That was the fulfillment. What is irrelevant? Again, homework. But let me just tell you a little bit about Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Pardon me? Melchizedek. Okay, are you raising your hand? Does anybody want to go? Melchizedek is is the king of Salem. And that Salem is not a physical place on earth. Melchizedek has no beginning, has no end. Melchizedek doesn't have a source, a, a starting point. Just existed. And still exists. When they say Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, it means he has no beginning, he has no end. Melchizedek was the one, Abraham was a patriarch. And the Bible says that Jacob paid tithes in Abraham. Because he was in Abraham's loins. And because Abraham was a patriarch. You paid tithes to a higher. And Abraham was the highest on earth at the time. He had to pay tithe to. Melchizedek showed up. I think Genesis 28, 14. And he paid tithes to him. And Melchizedek. That was before the law. Those people that say tithes. The Old Testament is the law. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Abraham was not under the law. In fact, we, what Jesus came to do was to engraft us as seeds of Abraham, not to yoke us under the law. The law came with Moses, but grace and truth came with who? With Jesus. That was too big for me to ignore. It's just huge. (laughs) You know, even though that was just an introductory part of it. Finally, the fourteenth prophecy we are going to consider today. You can see all these prophecies how precise they were. There was, there's no ambiguity. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. Is that, is that ambiguous? The, is the name that was given? There's no ambiguity. Precise. Precise. The the, the, the final prophecy that we're going to consider today is, is that the Messiah will be rejected, will be the rejected cornerstone. That's cornerstone. And the prophecy we see in Psalm 118, 22 to 24, it says the stone that the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. In Mark, fulfillment, Mark 12, 10 to 11, it says, Did you ever read this in scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has not become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in your eyes. By the time you get to Acts chapter 4, 9 to 12, it says, Are we being questioned today? because we have done a good deed for a crippled man, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. There is salvation in no other, in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Only by the name of Jesus. Wow. I think I want to clap there. <laughs> it's awesome. Only by the name of Jesus. It's not Jesus and. It's not Jesus or. It's Jesus alone. See this scriptures clear. It's clear to everybody. So do we have any questions? The children are on mid-time break, aren't they? I, I think it was the only ghost that reminded me. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it just flashed in my mind that, relax, they are on vacation. I'm like, okay, let me ask. <laughs> I'm just really, I'm sprinting. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. Do you have any questions? I, I know that we've had a lot of engagement, you know, um, within this but do we have any questions about what has been shared? So we see here that Jesus is worthy of worship. He deserves worship. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus existed, historical fact. Messiah is coming. Nobody's arguing that. But what we have seen from accurate prophecies, Everything points to Jesus. There's no ambiguity. There should be no doubt in any heart. Our faith should be established and grounded. There should be no question mark anywhere that Jesus is Lord. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Okay, are you there? You are saying, Pastor, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I know I've been coming to church, but I've never committed my my life to him. I've never committed my faith to Jesus. Now I can see (laughs) that <laughs> this thing is not just religion. Jesus is Lord. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Jesus will lay his hands upon you. He's alive and well, and he's here with us. You're saying, Pastor, I used to be born again, but my faith has shaken. I turned back from following him. Yes, I still come to church, but my heart has departed. Can, I, can you pray with me? Yes. If you are in any of those two categories, wherever you are seated, pull up your hand now and settle the matter once and for all. Over your head. If you have put up your hand, pull up your hand well. God bless you. Put it up well. Over your head. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless my sister. Keep your hands up. That is me. 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 Do all glory. A jet me, akala handaite pokondee nimdaite sere kimara tasahanda kainbaha
2: ilamira
0: My faith is built on nothing. Then Jesus' blood and and righteousness.
2: I I then trust
0: the the sweetest rain. But Committing to you today. We ask that your life will fill their lives. Everyone in this place, everyone join us over the internet, Lord, change our lives, Lord. Let our lives and our faith be unshakable, rooted in you, and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name. We are afraid. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. But look, they